Hello, this is Kurt Turnison, and welcome to the Private Client Risk and Resilience Podcast. This show will provide you with insights and education about the unique risks in the private client space. We are going to help you understand private client risk and give you the tools needed to be more resilient to a loss. We will talk about everything from mega yachts and exotic cars to private aviation and how to protect a luxury home. My goal is to help you be better protected from disaster by making you more aware of risk and how you can manage it. So let's jump right in. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on second homes, what the risks are to second homes and how they're different from primary homes. And I'm really excited about today's episode because we have a great guest. He is the president and CEO of Danco Management, which is a hospitality and property management company focusing on serving owners of second homes in Litchfield County, Connecticut. His name is Dan Sweeney, and I'm really excited to have you here today, Dan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Uh, I appreciate the invite. And yes, as you mentioned, uh, very well stated that I own and operate Danco Management, a property management company in and around Litchfield County. And we, uh, we focus on high net worth homes and luxury second homes. And we also cover the hospitality side of things with people. So it's both the infrastructure of homes and also uh, the needs and needs and wants of our clients specifically. Uh, we've been in business for about nine years and business has been fantastic. And it's been uh, it's been a great uh, a great segue into a, a new career field for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so let's talk a little bit about your business. Um, so you said you've been in business for about 10 years and you focus primarily on serving owners of second homes and luxury homes uh, in the you know, quote-unquote high net worth uh, segment of the market. And so I'm sure you see some very interesting things. Can you, let's start off by just learning a little bit more about your business and the services you provide. Because um, I think that'll give us a good framework uh, and con- context for the rest of our discussion. So uh, can you tell us some of, the, some of the different services that you provide to these uh, owners of second homes? Sure. Under the property management veil of uh, services, we offer um, full and comprehensive inspections of your home, evaluations of your home, and we manage all the vendors within your home. We manage outside vendors that you may have uh, worked with in the past, currently currently work with, or if there's changes to be made about those homes, we can we can take care of that. We really look to preserve the the value and the integrity of the homes, as well as serving the client's needs and wants for those things more on a lifestyle scale. And, you know, we offer, you know, those, those special, you know, concierge services, so to speak, as well as everything you could think of from an infrastructure point of your home, whether it's the indoor spaces, the outdoor spaces, lakeside spaces, vehicles, Things of that nature, we we handle all those things. We have a complete, uh, complete and fantastic uh, group of vendors that we work very closely with in different aspects. As we can't be um, experts in everything, but we're experts in identifying and managing all those things. We're in, integral to these luxury second homes and spaces. That's amazing. So thank you for for, for sharing that with us. So just to uh, to dive a little bit more into what these luxury homes look like uh, as well. So, you know, are we talking about, you know, uh, uh, a 5,000 square foot home, a 3,000 square foot home, a 10,000, you know, are there, you, see, you mentioned Lakeside, uh, you know, some of them are located on, on uh, you know, uh, on remote areas. 
Um, you know, what do these homes look like uh, that you're managing and that you're, you're, you're helping owners with? The homes actually, they have, they take on a, a variety of different looks. Uh, typically because of the location in which the houses are set kind of dictates the luxury nature of the home. So as far as size of the house from a square footage standpoint, anywhere from three to 11,000 square feet is not uncommon. And the luxury aspect of the home is the fit and finishes of the home, the mechanicals of the home, the way that the houses are situated on certain properties with the additional features of tennis courts and pools, ponds on the property, apple orchards, um, you know, all these creative outdoor spaces that people are uh, using more and more and building more and more. And then the homes themselves have become, with the smart home market, with the passive home and a zero energy home building, very, very um, complicated homes. So they really need a keen eye to be able to identify and keep them running smoothly um, for a variety of reasons, which, you know, dovetailing back into the preservation point of what we really try to accomplish with these homes to make sure that they continue to look as good as they look today in the future. Because the biggest thing with second homes, and I think we're going to get into it, is because of the, the, the nature of the word second, it's not a primary resident. And it is somewhere where people go to enjoy their spaces and enjoy time away. But it's out of sight, out of mind when it comes to how these places operate and how they need to operate. So that's a, a little bit of what we do. Um, and then as far as a little bit more as to the look of the homes... Some are on lakes, some have multiple watercrafts on the lake, uh, docks on the lake, lakeside equipment, all these things which are part of that luxury lifestyle. So we, you know, we have a team of people in-house and, like I mentioned, a great uh, source of vendors that we utilize for, for caring and maintaining and preserving these places. So, it, it, so it's, thank you for that. It's very interesting, and, you know, when you talk about tennis courts, pools, lakeside docks, watercrafts, all these things that are involved in uh, a luxury second home. Uh, and so your business is basically uh, handling the total management of all of these things for your clients. You know, so the client can just show up in the weekend and, and the boat's ready to go. The, you know, the, the, uh, the gas tank is filled. Uh, the, you know, the, the fridge is stocked. There's flowers in the, uh, in the house. Uh, and so they can just show up and enjoy uh, this second home. Uh, is that... That's, that's 100% accurate. And that's exactly what, you know, that's what our business uh, strives for mm -hmm. is to... Um, take that take that aspect of having to worry about anything when they arrive at their home away because people's time spent at these at these homes should be super enjoyable and not spent doing these menial tasks mm -hmm. and because of the periodic nature things tend to build up at, on properties as homes you know you're a homeowner I'm a homeowner and um you know, things come up from time to time and we can address them because we have eyes on the ground all the time but without without a service like the one we provide, um, that can lead to, you know, other, other issues for folks if they own homes like this. Great. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're absolutely going to get into that, uh, the issues, uh, that come up with these second homes. Cause that's what this, uh, this podcast is really focused on. So, you know, you mentioned the word preservation and I, I just want to hone in on that for a second, because I think that's a really important concept. Um, can you talk a little bit about your 
your thought process in using that term and, and what that means for a client uh, and how that's different from the normal attitude towards second home ownership or, or home ownership? When I started the business, I, I, I surveyed the area and I surveyed the services that were currently in place. And what I found was that there was a mixture of um, people providing similar services to what we provide today in a limited capacity. And what I mean by that, that is um, individuals that would have potentially other, other, other careers and they were doing uh, property management, as you would say, or caretaking on a part-time basis to fill a need to, for them and also fill a need for the client. What we've, what we've really tried to do, and it really stemmed from my previous years in construction, which we still do, and things of that nature is understanding a home from from the ground to the top and understanding all the systems, catalog, cataloging all those systems. Um, periodic maintenance is a big, uh, a big thing with us and essentially just running the homes as they should whenever we whenever it, whenever we can, meaning systems are operating and we have to test those systems. So just merely walking in and doing a house check once a week or twice a week or when the weather's cold might not be sufficient. And what we found is that, you know, deferred maintenance over time, you know, causes, causes capital expenses in, in a big way. So when I looked at what we could do and how we could differentiate ourselves, preservation came to mind because these are, again, high net worth, luxury homes, and things that go unattended or un, unnoticed or unidentified for even a small period of time become a big expense. And it becomes a surprise to the owner and it gets frustrating for them because they're not there. They're not able to see it. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's the whole pound of, you know, ounce of prevention, pound of, pound of cure kind of analogy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, it's with primary homes, with secondary homes, tertiary homes, uh, these are huge investments for these people and they want them to be protected. And so an ounce of prevention is equal a pound of a cure is, is a great, uh, great way to, to say that. Um, can you give us a, an example, maybe in your experience, of a situation where there was deferred maintenance that did cause... Uh, a, a major capital expense here in the Northeast and specifically in Litchfield County, we have on-site sewage disposal systems, meaning that any of the, the gray water waste that comes out of your home is essentially um, discharged back into the ground, depending on the type of system you use. Those systems are fed by your on-site domestic water usage, which is typically a well, a drilled well or a dug well in some cases. And you know, serves the plumbing needs of your home. When your plumbing infrastructure sits for a period of time, the parts, which are plastic and rubber and, um, you know, materials such as that, tend to lose form, lose rigidity, or lose their elasticity. And leaking can occur past, you know, toilets, faucets, things of that nature. So these slow water infiltrations going into, for specifically into septic systems for unknown periods of time are essentially, in this case of a septic system, hydraulically overloading these systems. And on-site septic systems have a shelf life because of the way they're designed, the way they digest the 
anaerobic uh, bacteria that you know has come from the gray water, and because of that specifically, they it reduces their life. So essentially, the you know the systems um, they live out their their ter- their term of life use, and they you know what's called a failure. So they start bleeding out of the ground, or you have backups into the house, and with septic systems and any outside. Um, infrastructure like this, they're unseen until there's a problem. And a simple thing like a leaking toilet or several leaking toilets in the, in the case of this house, which had nine leaking toilets in it. So if I don't remember the calculations off the top of my head, but you know, if it's a couple gallons a day or 60 gallons a day per toilet, that's, it's even more usage that if somebody was there using it on a regular basis and it over, you know, it, it, it took the system to its capacity and the system failed. It was a big, uh, big capital expense cost. And when these things typically are found, they're not usually ideal timing. And, you know, it's usually a nice weather time period. And then somebody has to do a repair on their house. They're at their luxury home for the summer while there's a huge construction activity going on, which is replacing this for, you know, up to several weeks. And it's a disruption to everybody. But there's an example of the you know, the ounce of prevention. Um, other examples of that really briefly, the exteriors of homes, um, your foundations, your siding, your windows, your gutters, anything that are designed to keep water away from your house, your roofs, your chimney flashings, all those things, um, if not checked on a regular basis. And again, water, we always chat about water, Kurt, because it's kind of near and dear to our heart. But it, it is one of the biggest causes of of these capital expenses and extensive repairs and capital, you know, on, on that front. So we try to identify these things before they happen and stay stay up with them because every building material has a shelf life. And, and thank you for sharing all that uh, with us. I want to switch gears to talking about the difference between primary and secondary homes. What do you see as the differences uh, between primary and secondary homes? Biggest differences that we see is when a home sits dormant, um, in, a, in the case of a second home, it, things in homes like to be used. They like to be worked. They like to be opened and closed and things run so that the home can, you know, um, operate properly for lack of a better word. Anytime something sits dormant, it's, it's not always a detriment to it, but it doesn't help the systems run efficiently operationally and over time those systems because they're not getting the exercise so to speak um, they can lead to other concerns that you might not have experienced in a primary home so for instance a plumbing fixture that's not working all the time if the water quality in the home is such that um, the water is sitting inside those in the pipes inside the cartridges within you know within a faucet at a kitchen sink for instance when somebody comes up to to open that cartridge and there might be corrosion which is kind of set in or something that may have built up over time and it's it's little things like that um ultimately second homes and any home at this level that they're being built are built quite well that if you were really to truly kind of shut the home down the home would kind of it would it would stand alone. It's not going to fall by the wayside. And I'm not saying that if you don't have a service like mine, your house is going to you know get swept away into a tornado and it, you know it's game over. But um, right, and, and, and I'll just jump in here because 
you know, exactly what you're saying are some of the issues that I see on the insurance side. When I am underwriting or working on obtaining a quote for a client on a second home, uh, the underwriter wants to know if it's a second home. Somebody is not there as often as they are at the primary home. So things are much uh, more likely to happen and go south with a secondary home than they are uh, with a primary home. So it does come up in that underwriting process. Um, and they're underwriting, they're underwriting different. And also to dovetail into that, the, in a primary home, you might notice something that might be a minor issue in your home and you can address that within a, a short period of time and correct it in a second home those eyes don't exist if there's not a service that or somebody that's looking at this so they kind of compound over time and then that's the biggest difference and i think that's from your standpoint the biggest risk of when they're looking at it because there's nobody there observing viewing and potentially you know keeping an eye on things or preserving these properties so that a small issue doesn't become a, a bigger issue. Right. No, it, it's absolutely the issue that I, I deal with with the insurance carriers uh, when we're trying to insure a secondary home. And, and the solution that, that works very well is to insure the primary home along with the secondary home. And at that point, the underwriter, the, the insurance company is happy to take on the additional risk of the second home because they're also insuring the client's primary home, which is more of a preferred risk for them. I think, you know, we're talking about occupancy. You know, some of these homes, uh, you know, in my experience, they're maybe limited occupancy, maybe they're used on the weekends, maybe they're used, you know, five to six weeks out of the year in the case of maybe a, a ski chalet. Uh, maybe they're being rented. Uh, maybe they're, uh, you know, rented on a long-term basis uh, for the entire year, a long-term lease, or they might be rented on a short-term basis, you know, through an Airbnb or a VRBO, homeaway.com, something like that. Um, do you see these types of these different types of occupancies with your clients as well? We do, and this is this is um, within the last couple of years. This has been um, emerging for us, where because of the nature of our clients' work and careers, it takes them in different places. So, a primary residence in Manhattan, for instance, might transfer to. A London office for a period of time and that the second home which resides in our area now doesn't necessarily it won't even get the previous limited occupancy that it had before so one way um, to kind of utilize that and ensure that the home is you know has still some value on our clients and they look at these different ways of generating revenue to kind of cover some of the operating costs so we we do work with our clients that have homes in these situations, similar to the, um, the, the sites that you had mentioned, which book for, you know, short-term rentals or long-term rentals. And we continue our services with whoever the guest or the tenant might be for it for that period of time. And it is something that's new. Um, and essentially what we have found is that there is a lag between not so much the usage of the house, but the classification of the house. So when you have a home which is listed as a second home through a company that you may have quoted um, for this property in tandem with a primary residence, you might not know that they moved to London, for instance, and now their new primary residence is somewhere. And we've chatted about this, about some of their luxury items may have gone from Manhattan to London and you didn't know, and that maybe they are renting their house out. So there's an additional exposure. Um, with a lot of, you know, some of these sites, there's some things 
with local ordinances, which you know may not permit these types of uses and things like that. But we want to make sure that while we're still preserving the property for the owner, that they're kind of aware of the risks involved with, you know, gaining that second source of income or revenue for these properties. Yeah, and, and that is a, a huge issue on my end as well. Uh, changes of occupancy uh, very often go unreported uh, to an insurance agent. And so, you know, the example is, like you said, uh, someone uh, gets transferred to the London office for a certain period of time. And uh, now that home that used to be a secondary home with limited occupancy on the weekends or what have you, uh, is now not occupied at all, and, and they've also decided to rent it out on Airbnb. And, and so a, a complete change in occupancy, now uh, the previous insurance policy that has language in it specifically uh, that may exclude uh, coverage for a loss that happens to a property that is quote-unquote vacant or uh, rented uh, on a short-term basis, uh, these are the things that we need to be aware of and, ins and insureds, clients need to be aware of, is how their policy is going to react to a loss under these different occupancies. You know, uh, in some policies, there is specific language. It's called the where you reside language uh, that says, you know, where you reside at and if you reside at this property, uh, then there is coverage. If you do not reside at this property, then there's not coverage. And so there's, there's definitions that go along with that, but these are the things that your insurance advisor uh, needs to be aware of so that they can advise properly on you know, if the policy needs to change uh, and what the, f the future solution is for that property. Uh, so, so a big issue and, and so something that people who do rent these properties on Airbnb need to be aware of. There are risks associated with, so with these, uh, these exposures. We want to make sure you're covered properly, uh, but we also want to make sure that the, uh, the exposure is managed. And whether it's self-managed or there's a, a service like Dan's that is assisting with it, uh, it's something that should be actively managed. As we wrap up this uh, conversation, this has been amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you about your services and how you price them because the value seems incredible uh, for what you provide. Uh, can you share with us how you do price your services for, uh, for this type of client? Sure. Um, our pricing is very specific to the property needs and the client's needs. So when we initially get a referral to a client for a potential new property, we visit the property, we meet with them, we listen to what the customer wants from a lifestyle standpoint, the things that are important to them, the things that they like to see, they don't like to see, and we, we go off of those things. Then we do, um, we do a, an intake of the house, an abbreviated intake of the house at the time of that meeting, and we go back and depending, no one property is very specific. So we formulated kind of a square foot um, pricing model and depending on what other things you might have on your property, such as accessory structures, barns, paddocks, um, horse stables, pools, tennis courts, um, other types of sports courts. Um, if you're on a lakeside with multiple watercraft and there's docks involved and all these things. So all those become like little add-ons to the square foot price. So it's tough to say pricing because it does range from, you know, below $1,000 per month for our, we'll call it our retainer base or our service package to, you know, upwards of three or $4,000 for some of the larger properties that are much, much more complicated um, or properties that are owned by several 
customers, you know, so we, we also bundle those things together. So, and then we also offer as part of our, our clients, we have a, um, we dovetail in our, our maintenance. So we don't have to go out or they don't have to have the need to find a handyman to execute small tasks that they may or may not notice at, at any given time or handle those lifestyle things, you know, with, like you mentioned, um, you know, the sundries for the house and the supplies that are needed for the house and taking care of the vehicles and all those things. So, um, while we're always, you know, finding ways to create great value for our customers so that we can, you know, further grow the business, um, the, you know, the monthly fee, um, is really the, the driving force for us able to hire proper talent to be able to sustain these, these types of properties. This is uh, really great information, Dan. Thank you. For people who are interested in contacting you and, and to learn more about your business or if they have a question, uh, what's the best, pay, best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way for people to get in touch with us is at our, through our website, uh, dancomanagement.com. That's dancomanagement.com. And we have a link on the site where you can send an info, information request and somebody, a member of the team, will reach out and get the process started. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Private Client Risk and Resilience Podcast. I hope you found this information helpful in your efforts to protect the things that matter most to you. If you'd like to be notified when a new episode is available, please click the subscribe button. Also, if you like the material in this show, I'd be very grateful if you'd write a quick review. Thanks again for your time. Take care and please be safe out there.